Hello everyone, I've got the absolute honour and privilege of reading from God's Word uh, this morning. Uh, this morning we're going to be reading from Matthew uh, chapter 28, starting at verse 16 and finishing at verse 20. So that's Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 to 20. And uh, if you don't have a Bible, uh, on your way out, uh, feel free to grab a Bible. It's just on uh, the back table just as you exit the doors, and that is uh, our gift uh, to you uh, to keep. Matthew 28, 16 to 20. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Here ends the reading. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome. My name's James. It's a joy to be opening up God's Word for us this morning as we start a new sermon series. Now, if you're here for the first time, we love God's Word, and we want to let God's Word set the agenda. And generally, our, our bread and butter is we generally work through books of the Bible, and, and we preach through chapters and verses. But over the next six weeks, we're going to take a break from that, and we're going to do a bit more topical, but we're going to actually be looking at who we are as a church and what Jesus has sent us into the world to do. And so we're going to be jumping around the Bible a little bit today, uh, over the next six weeks. We're going to be looking at Matthew today. And over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be thinking about the DNA of discipleship, as Pastor RJ already shared with us. Um, but let's pray as we come to God's Word this morning. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks that you've given us your Word. Thank you that you've given us your Son, Jesus in whom we find redemption and forgiveness of sin. We find new identity. We find adoption. And so, Father, we want to love you. We want to adore you. We want to delight in you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so we want to live obedient lives to you. And so may our love overpour in our actions today. Help us to get a bit of a glimpse of what you're doing in this world and what you're doing through us and Father, we pray this for the, for the glory of your Son, Jesus, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We, we, all, we all have a mission. We are all on mission. Now, some of, the, some of you might think, oh, I don't really think about it. I don't write it down. It's not in my journal. Some of you journal, some of you don't. And you think, we all have a mission. Now, you might not have it written down, but you might just have a mission of just waking up in the morning and just getting the kids to school. That's your mission. For others of you, you've got a mission of your career path, of, of climbing up the ladder, and by the time you get to 55, you want to be in a place of this, with this financial security. You may have a mission of, of, wanting, of wanting to retire at the age of 55, financially secure, and so you will shape your lives and your priorities. What our mission is in life shapes our sacrifices, it shapes, it, it shapes our comforts, it, it shapes the priorities and our path forward. Now, Nimrul, Nimrul uh, Prajar, um, you can go and watch this on Netflix, there's 14 mountains in the world that are above 8,000 metres. There's only 14 above 8K, and 
history books had it that it took seven years for one person to climb all 14. This guy decided, you know what, I'm going to do it in seven months. And so that was his mission, his priorities, his comforts, his, his finances, everything he did, what he ate and what, it shaped that mission and he accomplished it and you can go and watch it on Netflix if you want. But it is interesting that as you watch Netflix or Disney or Prime or whatever streaming service you like to stream on, there has been an increase in documentaries like this. This, the, this idea of for men to find purpose and priority, you know, to find purpose in life so that then their priorities can be shaped by that. For women and, and CrossFit Games, there's, there's this whole network of, of here's our mission in life so that you can get up in the morning, shape your priorities and get on with life. You know, we even have best-selling books now like Atomic Habits, which are designed for you to read so that you know what your mission is and therefore you're going to create habits so that you can get there to it. We all are on mission of some form. But today, we're actually going to be looking at a greater mission, a mission of where we are to head, a mission that is greater, that will shape your priorities, it will shape your lives. In fact, if we actually understand this mission, it will change your whole life. It will change your marriages, it will change your career, it will change the way you view sport, it will actually change everything if we actually understand what this mission is. But it is a mission that will need courage in our weakness. It will require sacrifice in our affluence and perseverance in our weariness. And if we comprehend this mission, it will change your life. It'll have to change the way you live. It'll have to change the priorities of your life. And so this morning, we're going to have three things about our mission. We're going to look at what our mission is, what our mission statement is as a church. And so we're going to do that. We're going to see what our mission is by three things of why it's our mission and how we're going to move forward, and why it will change our lives. But before we do that, let's, let's set the context of, of the, the book of Matthew. In Matthew chapter 28, um, go to verse 1. Grab your Bibles, go to verse 1. We need to see where we're at in the book so that we don't miss the point. Jesus has come and done his ministry. He's come to Jerusalem. Jesus has been crucified on a Roman cross. He's been buried, and in verse 1, it's on the Sabbath, after the Sabbath, so on a Sunday at dawn, the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to the tomb. They believe Jesus is dead, buried. They go there and verse 2, what do they find there? They find that the tomb is empty. There's no body there. And it's like, hang on, what's going on? Don't be afraid. For Jesus was crucified in verse 6, but he's not here, he is risen. He's conquered sin and death. And you get to verse 8. And so the women, they've, they've hurried away, afraid, yet filled with joy. Verse 9, suddenly Jesus meets them and he says, Do not be afraid. Go tell my brothers to go to Galilee and there they will see me. Now jump to verse 16. And then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. Now, Galilee is about 150 k's from Jerusalem. And so these, these disciples, they've gone there, they've walked there. This is not just a couple of hour journey. This is a couple of days. And they've gone to this place. And verse 17, when they saw Jesus, they worship him. Some doubt. And Jesus moves in. He comes to these 11. 
And what we're going to see this morning is that our mission is from Jesus and it's for Jesus. Our mission is from Jesus and it's for Jesus. It's from Jesus. This mission that we're about to read in verse 9 actually comes from Jesus. And who is this Jesus? Well, we know that he's had victory over sin. He's had victory over death. He's been raised from the grave. But here it says he's been given all authority. All authority has been given to him in heaven and on earth. Why is this mission going to work? Why can you be confident that it's not going to fail? Because the one who has all authority over all things is the one who says, here is what you are to go and do. Now, what does that mean to have all authority? It means that everything is his. And so today, whether you're a follower of Jesus or whether you're not, he has authority over you and everything and everyone. Now, this week we were... I was sitting with the boys, we had a meal and we're having a devotion. At the moment, we're in the book of Genesis. We're looking at the story of Jacob. You know, Jacob deceives his dad. Jacob's a bit of a deceiver. He tricks his dad into giving him the blessing, even though God was going to give him the blessing. Esau wants to kill him. So my boys, they're like, yes, this is like, it's exciting to think about that kind of stuff. And they're right into this story about Jacob and Esau. And, And it comes to this point in the story where God takes Jacob and says, go outside and count the stars. That's how many people are going to be in the family of God. Now, the question you ask next is you say, hey, boys, go outside and count the stars. And number two, the second child says, Dad, you're kidding. No chance. You just can't. It's impossible. We can't count that. And that's what Jesus is saying. What God was saying to Jacob is like, that's how many people are going to be in the family of God. He has authority over all that. He has authority over the four corners of the earth. He has authority over all the stars, the Milky Way and the 50 billion stars we have. And then he has authority over what is it, 50 or 75 billion galaxies within our universe. And he has all authority over that. There's not one single human being. There's not one single animal. There's not one gene. There's nothing that Jesus does not have authority over. And so if you want to know your purpose and your priorities in life, there's probably no one better to listen to than the one who has authority over everything. See, Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 says, For in Jesus all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rules or authorities, all things <coughs> have been created through him and for him. So to get a picture here. He says, I've got all authority. So if Jesus says, this is your mission, why are we going to settle for second best? Why are we going to settle for second best in our relationships, in our marriages, in our parenting, in our singleness, in our jobs? If you want to find purpose and meaning and your mission, let's listen to the one who upholds the whole universe by his powerful word. And I think what that means is that it brings incredible comfort for us as we pursue this mission. It gives us absolute comfort and confidence in the midst of our weakness and our failures that, that Jesus is with us and it's going to work. I think sometimes as Christians, we, come up, we can sometimes be so worn down by the political agendas. We can be so worried about the state of Australia. We can be so worried about where it's headed. And it just starts to consume our whole being that we are so woeful. Woe is me. Look where we're going. We need to read Matthew chapter 28 again. He has all authority. And so do you think Jesus is there going, 
I don't know. I'm, I'm shocked where I'm sending you. Do you think I don't know where I'm sending you? I have all authority over all things. It's okay. See, our mission, it's from Jesus, the one who has all authority, but it's actually for him as well. It's for his glory. It's for his worship. Verse 17, they worshipped him. It comes from our response, a, a beautiful response to the new life that we have in Christ is to worship him, to love God, and therefore this mission, as we carry out this mission, we're actually worshipping God. It's for Jesus. See, we don't do this mission to get right with God. Jesus has done that through the cross. It's our response of love and worship. Our mission comes from God and it's for God and it's because of our love for Him. We don't earn it. We don't do it to get to earn our salvation, but we do it because we have salvation in Jesus. See, our mission is from Jesus and for Jesus. It's for His name's sake, for His glory. And so I'm glad you've asked, well, then what is our mission? Well, you've seen it on the video. You've read it in the passage. Our mission is to make and grow disciples of Jesus. It's to make and grow disciples for Jesus, for His glory, for God's glory. Our mission is to make and grow disciples of Jesus. Have a look at verse 19 again. Now, grab your Bibles. Have a look. Verse 19 starts with a therefore. Therefore, in light of the authority that I have, in fact, probably you could even go back further. Therefore, in light of the whole gospel of Matthew, the one who healed, the one who raised the dead, the one who could calm the storm, the one who could feed 5,000, the one, the one who brought life, the one who was crucified, the one who was raised from the grave. Therefore, he says, our mission is to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Now, when I went to school, I hated English. I'm not really good at English. I don't even know what verbs are and nouns are and all that kind of stuff. But it wasn't until I had to go to Bible college that I had to start to learn that a verb is a doing word. I didn't know. Well, I got told. I just didn't listen. I didn't even know how to use a full stop and a comma. Now, now actually, funny thing was, <clears throat> when I went to Bible college, you know, you know your Microsoft Word docs? Um, they have a green line under your sentence. And I just thought there was the green line was under it just to say you should make a few changes to make it sound better. But it was telling me that it actually wasn't even a sentence. Sometimes I didn't even have a noun. I didn't even have a verb. And luckily, I, college taught me that a verb is a doing word, right? Now, what's interesting here is we have <coughs> go, we have make, we have baptize, we have teach. But there's one central thing here. There's actually one verb in this verse, and the rest are participles, right? So there's one verb that actually holds this whole sentence structure together. And it's an imperative, which means it's a command, and the other is a participle, so they, they tie around it. The command here is, the one verb that ties everything together is make. And everything else surrounds it. So the command here is go and make. Make disciples of Jesus. Make is... Uh, to adhere, to adhere to a certain teacher. To be a disciple is to have a teacher and you would listen to him or to her and you'd become their disciples and you'd live their way. Go and make disciples of Jesus. We are to make them. It's the centre of this verse. The disciples' central responsibility is to reproduce themselves. 
See, at the core is we had to be increasing in ever-increasing number because we're disciples who are making disciples. It's interesting that it doesn't say make converts. One-off decisions. Get someone to walk down the front. See, the word make here, it's ongoing. It's, it's not a once-off. It's a, it's a movement in a direction <coughs> along a path. But you might ask, well, why does, okay, it says make. Why have you included grow? Why make and grow disciples of Jesus? Because I think we get too linear and we think when it says make, we just think it's making people make a decision for Jesus and become a Christian. Yes, that is crucial. We are here to call people to repentance and faith. But actually to make is actually to grow. It's a journey that we walk together as we grow in Jesus. It's a journey. It's not just a once-off. It's a, a journey in which we make disciples and we grow. Now, this illustration is not perfect, so don't push it where you shouldn't push it. But um, we live in the Blacktown. We bought a house in the Blacktown, Blacktown Shire or suburb last year. And now there's something beautiful about Blacktown. They give you, I think it's two plants a year for free. Now, I pay rates, but you get two plants a year. It's either two or once... It's two plants, but it's beautiful. So Al and me, we go on and we, get, we receive this free gift of two plants. Beautiful and green. We've received it, it's free. And so we take it home and we sit on the veranda. I walked past it yesterday. This free gift. Dead. Like I mean dead. We've junked it in some water and it's dead. Gone. The two free plants, gone. Why? Because we, we love getting that gift, but boy, we had no priority. We weren't going to fertilize it. We weren't going to water it. We weren't going to do anything. But see, the, our lives as disciples is actually now we're growing. We we're, we're actually need to have the priority to fertilize and to feed and to grow and to get our roots down. See, discipleship is an ongoing process of us bearing fruit. We go from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light, and then we mature in Christ Jesus. We do this because to be a disciple is to be a disciple maker. We are to re reproduce ourselves. So what is a disciple then? Let's have a look. What is a disciple? Next slide. What is a disciple? Here's how I, I, I give it three parts. A disciple is a learner of Jesus committed to following Jesus in repentance and faith. You're a learner, it's head knowledge. We need to listen to Jesus, we need to know who he is. And so repentance is a beautiful word, actually. It's not a bad word, we're just turning away from sin, turning away how we thought things function, and we now turn to Jesus in the way he says it functions. A disciple is someone who's a learner. We never graduate. Now, hopefully, most of you have graduated from your L plates when you were 16, but as a disciple, we never, ever graduate from that. We're always a learner of Jesus, committed to following. Secondly, it doesn't just stay in our head, it goes to our heart. It, it's being transformed to be more like Jesus. It's head knowledge that then now affects our emotions. That means we're being transformed to be more like Jesus. And thirdly, a disciple is someone who's empowered to be the hands and feet of Jesus on mission. That's obedience. It's to go out and to be the hands and feet of Jesus in this world. That's what a disciple is. Someone who's come to Christ, 
who's gone from darkness to light, who continues the journey of being a learner, being transformed and being obedient. And so therefore, what's the goal then of discipleship? Here's my, here's my incredible English sentence. I, don't, I, I, put, I actually realised I didn't put commas in it this morning, so hopefully I put the commas in the right spot. The goal of discipleship is to help disciples be learners of Jesus, committed to following Him in repentance and faith, who are being transformed to be more like Jesus and are empowered to make more disciples centred on the gospel. That's how we do it. That's the, gospel, that's, the, that's the goal of discipleship. And so how are we to make disciples then? How are we to make? Next slide, Nimrod. Now I got this, I, I didn't come up with this, I got this off Pastor RJ and he got it off someone else. It's, it's, and I just think it's just really helpful for us to understand how are we to make disciples of Jesus? Well, firstly, how are disciples made? The first thing is it's not you, it's Jesus. You are a disciple because of the cross of Christ. You've gone from darkness to light because the gospel is a message of good news about the victory that Christ has had, the victory that he's had over sin and death, that he lived the life that we should have lived, he died the death that we should have died, and he was raised from the grave. And that separation between us and God that none of us could ever do has been restored. See, Christianity isn't about what we do. Christianity isn't about how much more we need to please God. No, no, we never could do that. But it's about what Christ has done and it's by faith we receive what Christ has done. And His righteousness now becomes our righteousness and we go from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. That's how you made a disciple, by Jesus. And then we journey as disciples being matured and transformed. See, a disciple is one who hears and understands and obeys. See, to be a disciple isn't a once-off. If you said yes to Jesus 10 years ago, you walked down an aisle and you're not obeying him now or following him now, you're actually not a disciple. See, a disciple is a follower who's being transformed, who's making more disciples. Okay, so how do we make disciples? Well, I'm going to go to the next, yeah, next slide. Thanks, Nimrod. How are we to make it? I, it's off. Three of these come from this passage. They're grounded in, and then you can go other places in the Bible and you'll find this everywhere. So four Ps, I didn't come up with it. Got it off that slide, but I just think it's really helpful for us. How do we make disciples? Proclamation, that's opening our mouths. It's, it's grabbing the Word of God and, and speaking it. It's, it's reading the Bible with someone. See, verse 20 says, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. We are to teach them to open up the Gospels and to explain who Jesus is, whether it's to memorize it and share it in a moment, or whether it's to sit in a coffee shop and open up the Gospel, whether it's to come to Christianity and explain. We need to proclaim it to make disciples. For us, as we go about making them, we proclaim Jesus crucified. We make it about Him. But secondly, it needs prayer. It's not here in the text here, but prayer reminds us that we have a dependence upon the Holy Spirit for our work. So the Spirit gives us boldness. The Spirit opens our mouths. How will we show that we are dependent upon God? It's by prayer. We pray as we make disciples. We pray that we can do it. We pray that God will bring people. We pray that He'll open people's eyes. Let's be clear that making disciples is God's work, but He uses us. So that leads us to the next one, people. How are we to make it? People. We are to go. 
We are to go. God's, God uses us for his plans. Did you notice in verse 19 it says go? The disciples of Jesus are the agents by which this gospel message of Jesus goes out. The idea of go here probably isn't, maybe you might be thinking, oh, go, let's pack up and go overseas to Africa. Yeah, but it actually means go for all of us in a, in a way of, of we just get up every day, we go about our business and going about our business is making disciples of Jesus. To go wherever you are, in whatever place you are, to just go about making disciples of Jesus. We are to go. It's, it's, we go, we speak the word, we open the word, we explain, we obey Jesus' words. But we persevere. There's perseverance as well. Because see, it's not easy to actually go and share Jesus. Some people are really going to be offended by it. The gospel is offensive. Some people are going to be, some people are going to find it hard. Others are going to be very against it. Others will want to listen. And so it's actually just something about perseverance. It's, it's persevering. And that's why Jesus says, I'm with you always to the very end. This, this goes on and it's, it's a process. It's a journey. We never give up on doing this. We never stop making it. It's something that we do for the rest of our life. We persevere with it. It's to persevere. See, to be a disciple is to be a disciple maker and we persevere with that mission. And the idea of baptizing, baptizing doesn't save you. It doesn't make you right with God. But, but baptizing, it's just a, it's, it's showing that you're a disciple of Jesus, that you've become one. Baptism is it's sort of like, I'm showing that now I'm a follower of Jesus. I've been washed clean. I've been forgiven. I've been adopted. And so it's really saying, hey, they're now one of his. They're now one of Jesus's. See, our mission statement, our mission statement is to be making and growing disciples of Jesus for the glory of God. Now, we don't need a committee to decide that. Because Jesus, it's, this actually should be every church's mission. Jesus came into the world. And as, just before he leaves, he says, here's your mission. Making great disciples of Jesus. Before he leaves, goes back to heaven, Jesus doesn't leave us in the lurch. He doesn't leave us hanging, thinking about what we're meant to be doing. You know, like you might watch The Bachelor, well, I don't think The Bachelor's on the moment, like The Bachelor leaves you hanging after every episode. You're thinking, what's going to happen next? Or as you watch Farmer Wants a Wife, or as you watch The MasterChef, you know, you just, you, you, well, that's the beauty of streaming services. You wait till they're finished because then you can find the end. But, but, you know, in the old days, you had to actually watch an episode and you'd be left hanging going, what's, what are we meant to do? What are we going to do next? What's going to happen next? Jesus doesn't leave us like that at all. He says, in crystal clear terms, I have authority over everything. Here's your mission. And it's going to happen because I have authority. So trust me and go and make disciples of Jesus. And why do we do it? Because there is a real reality of darkness and light. There's a real reality of heaven and hell. Jesus has come to bring people out of darkness into light. To set whom the sun sets free will be free indeed. To find fullness of life. See, that's why we go and make disciples, because there is a real reality of the spiritual world. 
There's a real reality of darkness and light. There's a real reality of heaven and hell. And so therefore we go. We go about our daily lives. It actually sets our priorities and our plans and our whole future now. But who are we to go to? Right? Do we get to choose? Well, have a, have a look. He said, I go to all nations. Now, the Jews, they would have been pretty offended by this because Jewish people hated the Gentiles. Now, I'm trying to picture what it would look like, but I don't know. It might be, it might be like Ukraine and Russia. Like to think that you would go from, you know, if you really, and you go and hang out with them and go and make them your, make them people of Jesus. See, the Jews thought they were religious. They thought, we're religious, they're not. We love God, they don't. So, so they, to, to hear Jesus say, go to all nations, is actually quite significant and profound and offensive to them. But Jesus said, I have authority to go. Now, we probably don't have that problem of Jews and Gentiles. I don't think. But we don't get to choose. It's not sexy work, discipleship making. It's hard. Because it calls you to work alongside people of different cultures, of different expressions of family, people who use their finances differently, those who parent differently, those who want to do school differently, those who want to have different careers. It doesn't call us just to choose who we're going to walk alongside. It actually says go to all. We're to walk alongside all people. Now, this is a passage in front of us that I think we can quote quite well. I can quote it. I don't need it in front of me. I know it. I've memorized it. It's in my head. I love it, right? The question is that we can memorize it. But we need to ask, we need to find out is the answer we obey it? I've got three boys. You know that. They're young. Now, sometimes you know people think pastors' kids are these great kids, right? They're terrors. They're sinful people in need of God's grace. They need to go from darkness to light, just like everyone else. So we have a few boundaries at home. But imagine, imagine I go home this week. I'm coming home. They're in the car. Here's my command. Go and clean your room. Now, I'm happy if they put it up on a wall. They can do that. If they need that, if they need that kind of prompting, I'm very happy. Like, I'm happy with that. But for them to walk out of the room and go, hey, Dad, go and, cl- oh, yeah, go and clean the room and do nothing with it. You said we often know it, we say it, but are we actually doing it? I don't expect my kids to go, go and clean your room and come back and cite it to me without actually doing it. Our friends message us on a Friday night, come and have a party with us. We go straight away. Jesus says, go and make disciples. And we repeat those words, never do any good. See, we're not called to make decisions for Jesus. You're called to make disciples. Now, and I wonder if maybe we've got it around the wrong way. We call for converts, not disciples. 
We call for decisions, but not to follow. Yes, we are to call people to repentance and faith. We are to call for people to make a decision to go from light to, we need to call for that. But it can never stay like that. It's about discipleship. It's about making and following Jesus. We are to obey and to follow him. We are called to make disciples who follow Jesus, who are learners. And yet it's interesting, isn't it, that, that this mission isn't that attractive. Good music's attractive. Having the right lights is attractive. Going to a church where I get, it's attractive, but, but actually to think about making disciples, isn't that attractive? We, as, 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 as a nation, as a world, as a culture, we celebrate things like the 14 Peaks. We celebrate men and women who have accomplished great things in life. We write books about them, but we've actually failed often to see that actually these words of Jesus have actually changed the world. That you and me are here, the only reason that you and me are here today is because men and women went before us obeying them. There is millions, if not billions of Christians in the world today because of these words, of, be, of people going out and obeying them. Yet our world doesn't see it, and yet it's the greatest mission ever. Some will doubt, we will worry, we will question but Jesus is with us. See, that's our final point. See, our mission never changes. Our mission is never to change. Now, Nimrod Pajar, his mission was to climb 14 peaks in seven months. He did it. He moved to the next mission. The mission was to land on the moon. We landed on the moon. Elon Musk wants to land on the moon and put life. That's, that's a mission. And once we do that, that mission's done. We move on to the next mission. We may have a mission to get our kids through school. That finishes. We move to another mission. But the mission here, did you, did you notice in verse 20 what he's saying? Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. What Jesus is saying is this mission is never going to change until I return. It never ends. Until you die, it never ends. Until I return, it never ends. This mission is not to change. We're to go and make disciples from the four corners of the earth. And so therefore... I'm with you. Jesus is with us in that task. Did you know that walking through that door and coming here does not bring, that, that God all of a sudden comes to be with you? He's actually with you this week. He's with you in your jobs. He's with you in the hospital. He's, he's actually promised that I'm always with you whether you feel it or whether you don't. I'm with you as you sit in the ward reading the Bible with a terminally ill patient or as you tell the nurse about your love for Jesus. Jesus saying, I'm with you. Even though you may not feel it, I'm with you. I'm with you always, which says this mission is never going to change. At no point are we to get comfortable. It's easy in an air-conditioned room with comfortable seats. At no point are we to be here thinking about ourselves and, and happy that there's empty seats. In fact, as we fill the seats, we shouldn't even become comfortable with that. See, the reality is we are to be multiplying Christians who make disciples of disciples, which secondly means it's going to be very uncomfortable, but Jesus says, I'm with you in this. 
Because the more people who come along, who come to know Christ, the more you're going to be less the center of attention. You're not going to know everyone. You're going to feel uncomfortable, but that's okay because the mission is to make and grow disciples of Jesus for the glory of God. We are called to call people from repentance to faith. We are called to make disciples of Jesus who follow in humble obedience. So sitting in a coffee shop, reading the Bible with someone, we don't ever have to grow old with that. Making it a priority to meet in a life group every week should never be about my comfort and my ease, but rather a sacrifice of my things and desires for the sake of seeing people come to know Christ, to grow in Christ for the glory of Jesus. See, whether you're married, whether you're single, whether you're a teenager, whether you are retired, your mission stays the same. You never retire of being a disciple maker. It's our long life project. Our mission is never to change. See, this morning we've seen that our mission is from Jesus and for Jesus. We've seen that our mission is to make and grow disciples of Jesus for the glory of God. Our mission is never to change. And so here we go. Here's a couple of application things for us as we close. Individually, and I'm going to talk about it for us as a church. Individually, seeing the empty tomb puts everything into perspective. Our jobs, our careers, our sport, our family. It makes all those things be shaped around this. It changes our priorities. So that it's through those things we see that we're on mission to make and grow disciples of Jesus. It will shape your time, your finance, your success. God's will for your life will change how you function this week. Our marriages become shared life together with a fellow disciple of Jesus. God's calling you as a married couple, your greatest mission is to make and grow disciples of Jesus, whether that's to your kids, whether that's in church, whether that's in your careers. For some, it may mean you need to give up your jobs. It may mean some of you need to go to Bible college. It may mean some need to go overseas. But for the majority of us, it's just in our everyday life. Do you believe that Jesus can save your neighbour? See, it's an incredible mission statement for a married man and a married woman. It's an incredible mission statement if you're single or retired. Run every decision through that statement. If you're a couple wanting to know, how, how should, I, should I move city? What should I do? Just go, well, how's it going to help me make disciples of Jesus? Is this going to help me do it? Or is it going to take me away from it? And so therefore, it brings us to the final for us as a church. What about us here at Toongabby Baptist Church? Well, simply put it, our mission is to make and grow disciples of Jesus for the glory of God. So that means a couple of things for us. It means it's going to shape our priorities. It's going to shape our comforts. It's going to shape our, our sacrifices and our decisions as we shape the pathway forward. Everything we do should be helping us make and grow disciples of Jesus. If it's not, we drop it. It means that sometimes, in, in, sometimes the things that you want to happen won't happen because it actually doesn't make disciples. Other times there'll be things you'll go, hey, this would help. And we go, yeah, that will help us be more effective. But it means we're going to be humble. We're going to be humble disciples of Jesus who have always got the old plates on going, we're going to do whatever we can to reach the lost and to grow us. It's going to require major sacrifice, time, energy and resources. It's going to cost you comforts. We're about multiplying multiplying yourself it's even in the case of ministry here as we serve we don't want one person doing it 
We want multiple people doing it as we ever an increasing number. If one person does it all, we've completely lost sight of what it is to make disciples of Jesus. So it's going to shape what we do. So here it is. How are we going to go about our mission statement? Well, you've got to come back for the next five weeks. Because that's in a way going to be the DNA of how we're going to do it. So come back for the next five weeks. Because we want to be disciples. As we make disciples, we want to be people who delight in God, who love God, who make much of Him. We want to be about maturing, seeing lives transformed to become more like Jesus. We want to be a community that loves one another, who's in membership, who cares for one another, and who loves to bring new people in to either meet Jesus for the first time or to grow them in Christ. We want, to be, we want to be men and women who are about serving and washing the feet of other people, serving Jesus in His church. And we want to be people who are equipped to engage the lost, to see people go from darkness to light. That's where we're headed. And this mission is powerful because Jesus is all-powerful. Our mission is to make and grow disciples of Jesus for the glory of God. Let's pray. Father, in the the, the haze and the mist and the busyness of life, whether it's changing nappies, whether it's feeding a a mum or a dad in a retirement village, whether it's busy on the business front, whether it's being at school, Father, may we see the greatest mission of all for us because you sent your son to die in our place, to be buried and to be raised from the grave and that in him we have eternal life. We go from the dominion of darkness to the kingdom of your son who you dearly love. Lord, help us to see that. Help us to grow in it. Lord, stir our affections, plant it in our minds. Lord, it's hard to obey sometimes. Sometimes in our doubt, it's hard to think that this is the way in which you want it. Sometimes we can question it when we get rebuked or when someone pushes against us or, or when people just don't seem to want to listen or when we look around and we actually realize church is really messy, filled with people with messy backgrounds trying to know what it is to live for you. Father, help us in the midst of that chaos and that, that complexity to just love you and to let that flow out of us that we want to make and grow disciples for you. Help us, Father, never to become comfortable and complacent with our own dreams and our own passions, but allow our lives to be shaped around that cause, your cause, Father. Because you desire for people to be saved. And so, Father, may that be our heart cry as well. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.